Sometimes in our, our walk with the uh, Christian walk, we think that God somehow has forgotten us or lost us somewhere along the line. But he said that he would never leave us or forsake us. And he's our brother and he sticks closer than a brother. He's our savior. He sent the Holy Ghost to dwell within us. We all have the Holy Spirit. So we can rest assured that God knows who we are, where we are, and what we're doing. And there's nobody that he forgets. And I love it in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 1. Um, after the flood, the heart of man was desperately wicked. And uh, so the Lord, uh, God repented that he even made man. And he said, we're going to start this thing all over. And so the floods came and uh, anybody that wasn't in the ark, uh, they didn't get any farther <laughs> than the floods because once he closed the door, that's it. So I want you to know today that we are in an ark here. If you belong to the Lord, you're in his ark of safety. And you just need to be sure that you're in before the door shut because one of these Sundays, we're going to gather in God's name or wherever you are in the name of the Lord and That'll be the last Sunday. That'll be the last time. Because the, the Word said that, the Lord said, I'll not always strive with man. So we need to get in while the getting's easy. Amen? Because there's coming a day where things are going to get more difficult. Jesus told the, the disciples that one day you'll long to see the day of the Lord. And I believe that we're living in a dispensation of the Holy Spirit. And it's easy to connect with God if we come with the right attitude, not just here in church, but in our personal lives. I don't want to wait until the day where I long for one of the days of the Lord. The day of the Lord that I long for is not a day of judgment, but it's a day when He says, good, 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 you've done well, good and faithful servant. Now enter into the joys of the Lord. I want mercy instead of judgment. Amen? That's what we can look forward to. So don't ever think that God has forgotten you. I want to share this with you. I go for a walk almost every day. I used to run every day, but the, uh, I'm not speaking nothing here other than the legs won't take it no more. But I realize the importance of getting out and getting about and, and staying healthy. It's something that's very important. The other day um, on my route that I walk a lot of days, there's a... Uh, Colonial Heights, it's called. It's a place for retired people, uh, older people like me. And most of the people are there under assisted living. And uh, so I was walking through there at the end of my walk, and I saw this lady. She had come outside from her patio and was just standing there. And then there's a big driveway across, and then there's a whole line of trees in the back, a whole line of trees. And she was on a walker or a cane, and she was just kind of standing there. And, and uh, you could, you know, I thought, I don't know what this woman's been through in her life, but here she is right here, right now. So I'm going to say something to her. And I said, hi. And she said, I'm watching the birds. And that's all she said. And I thought, well, that's so simple, but yes, it's so profound. Because she was totally enthralled at that moment with God's creation and what he had. She was watching the birds. And as I continued to walk, I mean, that was our conversation. Hi, I'm watching the birds. And it was almost like I was 
uh, stepping on one of her holy things. She was doing a holy thing. She was appreciating, you know, maybe she was remembering back to the day when she was a young lady and how we're taught to God's made everything for us. And I thought, boy, I don't know what she's been through in her life, but right now at this moment, she's totally captivated by God's creation, by the birds. So the Lord said, well, you need to look into that a little bit more. And I got to thinking about birds. And so birds are uh, used a lot or talked about a lot in the scripture because how many of you know that the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus the time of his baptism and the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost was together? And what form did the Holy Spirit take on? What's a dove? Is that a bird? Is that a fowl? And I thought, you know, birds are pretty important. And God said, I want to show you how important they are. God has always got my well-being at mine. And I want you to tell, tell you today that God has not forgotten you. He knows where you are. He knows what your future is. And in this verse here, it says, after the flood, God remembered Noah and all the wild animals. I'm going to read a little bit. And the wild animals and livestock with him in the boat. He sent a wind to blow across the earth, and the floodwaters began to recede. The underground waters stopped flowing, and the torrential rains from the sky were stopped. So the floodwaters gradually receded from the earth. After 150 days, exactly five months from the time that the flood began, the boat came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. Two and a half months later, as the waters continued to go down, other mountain peaks began to be visible. Now, this is a story of Noah, but also it's a story of our lives sometimes. We ask the Lord to do things. We, we have to be patient sometimes in what the Lord wants to do in our life. It said after 150 days, a lot of us are waiting on a lot of God's promises today. It takes some time sometimes, and God's on his timetable and not ours. We need to plug into his. And it says, uh, verse 6, After 40 days, Noah opened the window he had made in the boat and released a raven. What's a raven? Is that kind of like a bird? The bird flew back and forth until the floodwaters on the earth had dried up. But, okay, he also released a, a dove to see if the water had receded and it could find dry ground. But the dove could find no place to land because the water still covered the ground. So it returned to the boat and Noah held out his hand and drew the dove back inside. To me, this speaks sometimes of how we don't see the results of what we're looking for. But the place of safety for the dove was back in the ark until the appointed time. Because he couldn't find the place where he was supposed to rest. And sometimes in our lives, we feel like we can't find that place of rest. We shared last week about depression and how a lot of people in the kingdom suffer from depression. And depression will rob your sleep. It will rob your rest. It'll rob your purpose. And the Lord healed a lot of people last week of depression. I've had a much better week this week since we attacked. And you know what the church did? The church helped me attack the depression that I was going through by understanding when the pastor or a leader is transparent 
Sometimes that scares people. People get scared because they want they want what they want. But my hope is in the Lord. And I look to the mountains from whence cometh my help, and my help comes from the Lord. So I thank you, church, for supporting me when I have I have the right to say that I was operating in depression sometime. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That's when we need the fellowship of the Lord because depression is hard on a person when they're isolated. Elijah had a fit of depression when he was dealing with some bad spirits. He went from killing 830 of false prophets to running and hiding and sitting down under a juniper tree or a broom tree is what it's called. I often thought, why did he pick that tree? Because when that was the only tree around because he fled to the desert. And he sat there and he was discouraged. Sometimes in our Christian life, we can have great victories, but then the enemy attacks and you can lose that victory if just like Elijah was getting ready to lose his victory. And the Lord came and found him under that tree of depression and he spoke to him. I'm getting ahead of myself here, ain't I? She said, I'm watching the birds. So the the Lord wants to draw us back into that place of safety. We need to stay in the place of safety until our answer comes. Just like that dove was, it said, uh, Noah reached forth and he brought him back into the ark of safety. Sometimes we get off track. But if we return to our, who's our sustenance? It's the Lord today. He's the one supplies for us. So if you haven't found that place you're looking for yet, stay in the ark, go back to the ark and stay there. This church is an ark of God. All these churches around here that preach the blood of Jesus and the cross of Jesus Christ, that's an ark that we can get into. So where are we? Verse nine, but the dove could find no place to land because the water still covered the place the ground. So he returned to the boat and Noah held out his hand and drew the dove back inside. He waited another seven days and Noah released the dove again. This time the dove returned to him in the evening with a fresh olive leaf in its beak. An answer. God's always got an answer at the appropriate time. The first time he sent him out, he could find no place to rest. The second time he came back with proof of life, proof of sustenance, proof of a place that he could lay down, proof that God was getting ready to do a new thing. All these things are are promises that we try to live on and stuff. Be patient with the Lord. Whenever God asks you to do something, it requires great patience. Some say it took Noah 120-some years to build the ark. Just think of the ridicule and the patience that he needed to endure through that job. Sometimes the Lord will speak to you to do things, and it seems totally off the wall. But that's when God really starts moving. I believe Holy Ghost crazy sometimes is all right, because sometimes we've got to step outside our comfort zone which to that dove, he was, he was perfectly comfortable in the ark. But sometimes God will send you out and it'll seem like something that you don't want to be doing. But listen, it's in God's plan. And it takes patience. 
not only after 150 days, which is exactly five months, then he sent the raven, the raven, then he sent the dove, and then he sent him out again, looking for the answer. And look at verse 10, verse 11 says, this time the dove returned to him in the evening with a fresh olive leaf in its beak. Then Noah knew that the floodwaters were almost gone. Listen to you, some, some of you are right on the verge of God's promises and don't give up because the floodwaters are gonna recede in your life. Jeremy mentioned water today about just not knee deep or ankle deep, but put us in the water, God, and let us know that you're still there, even in the, in the rain and in the, in the turmoil that goes on around us. Let us not be overcome with the floodwaters. Noah knew that the floodwaters were almost gone. You know, not only was he waiting five months for God's promise, he waited a hundred and some years because God told him to build that ark when it never rained over there. Now, how crazy is it to build a boat of that dimension in a place that very seldom sees rain? Kind of like our life story sometimes, God will say, do this, do that, and it seems totally crazy, but there's always a purpose in what God tells us. Verse 12 says, he waited another seven days and then released the dove again. And look what happened. This time it didn't come back, which is a sign from the Lord that I've got this under control. Noah, it's all right. I know you. Now I'm going to show you the fruit of you believing in me. And look what it says after that. Noah was 601 years old. On the first day of the new year and half months after the flood, Noah lifted back the covering of the boat and saw the surface of the ground was drying. Two more months went by and at last the earth was dry. Sound like your life a little bit, waiting on things. But look at verse 15. Then God said to Noah, leave the boat, all of you and your wife and your sons, Release all the animals, the birds, the livestock, and the small animals that crawl all over the earth and be fruitful and multiply throughout the earth. That's what we're called to because we are part of the ark of safety. And at times God will say, Jeff, do this. Jeremy, do this. And with our patience and waiting on God, it says, now's the time to do it. Now's the time to do it. How many of you are praying for things that you want God to do in your life? And he said, be patient. It's seven days. It's 150 days. It might take a, a years in your life. But God says, when he's ready, he'll say, now's the time to do it. And that's when we have to react. Anybody sitting on a now right now? I'm sitting on a now. I want to see the Lord's will done in the earth today. Hallelujah. So Noah takes the bunch and guess what he did? He went forth and what did he do? He became fruitful and he multiplied. And that's what God wants us to do as disciples is be fruitful and multiply. See the flood to all of mankind except for Noah and his family was a terrible thing. It was a terrible thing. But to those in the ark of safety, God protected them through all of that. And God will protect you in the places you're in until the day that you look out and that dove comes back to you with a go ahead and do it in, in that olive branch. She's watching the birds. Guess what Noah was doing? He was watching the birds, wasn't he? He was watching the birds. He watched that bird come back. 
still waiting on that promise of 120 some years, plus five months, plus seven days, plus seven days, plus sending him out. And you know, he probably thought, well, this is the one, this is the one, this is the one, but he had to wait for God's timing. And once God released him from the ark, then they went forth and they became fruitful and they multiplied. That's God's calling on our lives. He wants us to be fruitful and multiply. Amen. Amen. Now let's go to Elijah. How many of you love Elijah? Well, let's go to chapter 17 of 1 Kings. Hallelujah. Chapter 17, 1 Kings. Wow. What have I got here? I want to make sure I get all this. You know, Elijah came out of nowhere. He came out absolutely out of nowhere and appears in this chapter of 1 Kings. In reading, it says, Now Elijah, who was from Tishbe in Gilead, told King Ahab, As sure as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Hallelujah. <laughs> but then the Lord said to Elijah, go to the east and hide by the Kareth brook near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you. There's them birds again showing up, watching the birds. For I have commanded them to bring you food. Here's another person in God's kingdom waiting to see. Now, can you imagine? He had just said, okay, it's not going to rain. He's in a tough spot. He put himself out there. And God said, go down and hide yourself by the brook Kirith. And guess what I'm going to do? You'll find water there, but I'm going to tell the birds to come and feed you. That takes big faith to believe something like that. It takes a lot of faith to believe that the birds, you know, I think part of the reason sometimes that we have trouble with, with who we are as Christians is it's hard to, for us sometimes to believe stories like this or tales like this. But let me tell you this. I believe that every word that God sent down through the years to us, he, is, he wants us to realize the power of it and the freedom of it and what He intends for our life. I don't believe that anything in the Bible is stated just to make up a good allegory or a good story. I believe the story is God sent His Son to this earth to die for us. I believe that He told Elijah to go down to the creek and you'll find water there. I'm going to take care of you because it's not going to rain. It's not going to do nothing until my prophet says it's going to. The word says to listen to the prophets because the prophets can tell the future. That's one of the gifts of the Holy Ghost is telling us the future. I believe the word of God and I believe it works and I don't believe it's just a substitute for a great story. Hallelujah. Verse Five. Elijah was kind of in the same boat, play on words, pun, that, that Noah was without building a boat. Sometimes God demands big faith from us. He told him to build a boat. He said, now listen, 
He, just imagine the humbling that takes place there. Here's a guy that said it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain, but I got to go hide. And depend on God. He just shows up here. And look what it says. In verse, uh, verse 5, it says, So Elijah did as the Lord told him, and he camped beside the Kirith Brook east of the Jordan. The birds... The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning. Kind of reminds me of manna, doesn't it, you? When they were in the wilderness for all those years and God supplied manna for them, all they had to do was trust him and go out and pick it up and gather it of the morning. But on the Sabbath, guess what happened? What happened on the Sabbath? Anybody know? They couldn't gather. But they tried it anyhow. God wants us to be patient, but to listen to his instructions. Can you, can you imagine uh, Elijah? Now, I know he got taken away in a fiery chariot, and he's a great person of faith. But sometimes God calls us into that area, too, where we need to be great people of faith. Can you imagine him saying, like some of us would say, yeah, I'm going down here by the brook, and God's going to send a bird by to feed me in the morning. Well, guess what happened? The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. God makes promises to us, and he will keep his promises. Can you imagine? He was, it looked to me like he was by himself here. I was thinking while we were worshiping, when we're in corporate worship, we react to each other. That's why it's so important that the congregation enter in. But you know, also worship is a, is a personal thing. If you don't know how to worship personally, you'll have a hard time how to worship corporately. Elijah was by himself waiting. He was watching the birds. He's watching for the birds. And God spoke to me when I was down here. When that happened, imagine that first meal that was brought to him that next day. Think about it. You go down to the brook and you hide, but I'm going to send the birds by to feed you. I'm telling you today, folks, we serve a mighty God that when He tells us things, He depends on us having faith to believe. If it's a 125-year faith, if it's just go down to the brook, drink out of the brook, and I'll send the ravens by to feed you. I'm in that stage in my life right now. I'm sitting and I'm waiting for God to send the birds. How many of you waiting for God to send the birds to your life? The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning. And evening and he drank from the brook. God water. I'll never forget when we we're baptizing here a couple years ago, and, and Ben, Ben come up, and God love him. We were baptizing people, and, and he said, I'm going to get in the God water. I'm getting in the God water. I'll never forget that as long as I live. He was so pure and innocent, and he said, that's the God water there I want to get in. And when he sent Elijah down to that creek, he said, just drink from the brook. That's the God water. That's what we need. We need to drink living water. 
When we drink living water, then living water will flow out of us. You can't give what you don't have. So Lord, just send the rain, the latter rain into our lives. It's better than the former rain. We want the latter rain in our lives so that we're full like the cisterns on Masada. When we went to Masada, when we was in Israel last time, Everybody knows that that's way up high on the top of a mountain. And the Romans built a ramp to come up there. And you could, it took weeks and months and years for them to build that ramp. And the people of Masada, God's people. And I saw those cisterns that they had hewn out to hold their water. And that water was their life's supply. In a physical sense, it was living water. In our spiritual sense, he promises us living water. But we got to be in the position that he wants us to be. And look what it says here. But after a while, in verse 7, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. But God took him through a season right there. Anybody going through a season right now? Seasons are okay. We have seasons here in, in Ohio, in Kentucky. We have seasons. Sometimes we have to go through winter to get to... That's why we love spring so much. You people that like snow, like Steve and that... You, you too? Oh, yeah, Kim does too, because she's from Louisiana. I'll take a mosquito any day. Uh, you people that love snow, I just don't get you. I am so glad... How many of you remember this spring we had this year that it rained and it was so beautiful and you couldn't drive down the road without making a comment, Darlene, and say, look at the trees, look at the trees. Well, it's not going to be that good this fall because we haven't had enough rain and the rain is what brings out, what brings out the rain is what brings out the color and the flavor and the beauty of God's creation. There's something about that water God gives us sustaining water. But after the season was over, then look what he says. Then the Lord said to Elijah in verse 8, Go and live in the valley of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Another thing I want you to notice there. After a time of waiting, after a time of patience, after a time of being fed and being totally dependent on God, God sent his answer. Notice with Noah and with Elijah, in God's timing, he said, go. Now's the time to go. I believe that sometimes in our lives we give up before we get that go from God. But there's a reason why, he, why go is so important in our lives. Because when he left his disciples, you know what he said? He said, go into all the world and make disciples of all men. When I wasn't saved, I didn't have go on my mind. Just go to trouble. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like a moth drawn to a candle. You just go to trouble. You're just automatically drawn there. And then I got saved back in 77, and this whole marvelous world opened. You know, thinking about birds, when you're in bondage to drugs and alcohol, you don't notice God's creation. You don't notice anything that God did for your benefit. 
It's not until you come to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ that you start appreciating what he's doing. Amen. But there's always a time for go. So I want to challenge the church today. Are you in that place now where you've been through things and you've waited and you say, well, I'm going to get to this point in my life. And once I get this and once I get that, then I'm ready to go. If you're in that point right now, I'm going to tell you your go is about to happen in your life. God wants us to go just like he did Elijah and Noah. That is what sustains the spirit is when we do that. Because with every go that God gives us, there's a result from go. Faith is active. It's not passive. So now go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And we're in verse, well, let's start at verse 25. So Jesus is given the Sermon on the Mount. And there's all these people there, and they've been following him around. And then he sits down after the people are gathered, and he tells them this story. And it says in verse 25, he says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and enough drink. What happened to uh, Elijah? Did he have enough food and enough drink? He did, didn't he? He had enough food. You know, I think sometimes what God feeds us correlates exactly with what we're willing to eat. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Are we willing to swallow that and eat it? Remember Jeremiah when he said, take that scroll and swallow it? And he said it was bitter, but it turned into something good. What are we willing to eat? Are we willing to trust God to provide our food and our drink like he did Elijah? Wow. That just came from over there. But he says, don't worry. Don't worry. I wonder if uh, Noah in that 120 years ever worried. I tell you, if I have a week of worry, it just exhausts me. But then God will give you superhuman strength by His Holy Spirit. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And our answers from God is our strength. I wonder Elijah sitting there by that brook just waiting. See, God was preparing him for one of the greatest battles of all time. And that was to confront, confront the prophets of Baal. That was a big deal. And if you read that story more intently, you'll find out that that the angel comes and it says, I want you to eat this and drink this because you're going to have a journey in front of you. So we need to eat and drink what the Lord offers us. Always remember, and especially for me, I think I need to hear that again out of my own mouth. I think our faith grows according to what we're willing to digest and eat from the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, let's go on. 
So Jesus says, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Can we all agree on that? Well, look what else it says in verse 26. Look at the birds. This is real simplistic today. It's simple enough even for somebody like me to get this. That woman simply said, I'm watching the birds. And Jesus said, hey guys, look at the birds. Just look at them. Just look at them. And then in the King James, it says, consider, consider. And, and the word consider, which we all think we know what it means, but I wanted a deeper meaning. It, the word consider in the King James, in, in the definition, it says to think about something carefully. To really think about it. Consider. Not just look, but consider the birds. Really think about it. That woman was absolutely wrapped with the attention of seeing those birds. And maybe it was sparking some memories in her life or things. But she was in wonder of that. And he says, consider that. That's how God takes care of you. Consider the birds. Think about it carefully. And the second definition from the Merriam-Webster, the reason I like that is because they were all Christians when they wrote that dictionary. Get you a Webster's Dictionary. There's nothing like it. It says, to think of something especially with regard to taking some action. Consider, that's to think about something carefully because when you think about it and discern what is being said, it will cause you to take action. So he said, look at the birds. Consider the birds. Consider it carefully because your action, your life story will come out of what you've considered and what you've thought about. Amen? Anybody with me out there? This is, I'm having a good time. I'll never look at birds the same. I'm asking God to restore my hearing because we got in the car this morning to come up here and Darlene says, listen to them birds, they're going crazy. Well, I've lost the high end of my hearing, so I can't hear them. I have to see them. So that means even more for me because I couldn't hear what she was hearing, but I could sure see it. Look at the birds. Look at God's provision. Look at what he's done for us. So he says, consider these, especially because your actions will follow your thought process. In the New Testament, we've been studying in Ephesians, and, and one of the things that they warned the Gentile believers was don't eat meat sacrificed to idols. Now, today, that doesn't sound like a big deal to us because we, you know, we don't. But back then, it was so important because there were so many false gods in the earth and so many uh, heresies coming against the, the baby church. That's why that was so important to teach people don't do that. Eat the things of God. Don't, you, God will supply the food that you need. Every Friday night, we take communion here. Every Friday night when we're praying, we have the Lord's Supper. And it's something special that we do. It's just, it's helped me a lot just eating what the Lord 
has. And we contemplate on it. And we think about it. And we share about it. And we prophesy. And, and it's just the goodness of God. And it's a way that God reveals Himself. And it's a good time to come together because you can encourage one another. Take and eat because the Lord is good. i got to get back to the birds. It said they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And here comes the big question. Aren't you far more valuable than the fowls of the air? Aren't you more valuable to Him than they are? God loves you today. He wants you to reap all the benefits of the kingdom. Now we're going to go on. There's, we need to put ourselves in, in that crowd that day because ever since the beginning of time, man has been concerned about commerce. Thank God that we're so blessed in this country that we, we support like 90% of missions work all around the world comes out of the United States of America. Amen. Think about that for a minute. This church here, this church here supports people in Israel, in Germany, in Scotland, in Nigeria. Help me, where else am I? In Mexico. Think about that for a minute. Pakistan. Why, if somebody walked in here, they'd think, well, what are they getting done? Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to be patient until we see the promises of the Lord coming forth because we're doing what He told us to do in the season that we're in. And He said when people come through and they got a word of the Lord and they put their life out there on the line, you give them a platform to speak from and I'm going to bless because of that. God wants this place to be a platform for those that don't normally get a platform. And they're waiting for sustenance. I remember when I was a missionary and Chris did my banking. We left having $250 a month. And that sounds like a lot, but in Mexico, that's not even a lot. And I would call back here. I'd say, did you get any checks in the mail? Uh, no. Well, what's going on there? I don't know. I ain't heard from anybody. And we would wait for those checks. And then one day he'd call me and he'd say, guess what? A check came in. We had to be patient. We had to let God take care of us. We had to know that what He told us to do was a God word and not just a Lonnie word. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Elijah had to know that it was a God word. Noah had to know that it was a God word and just something that he was hearing. People ask me all the time, well, how do you know if it's God? Because it will always agree with Scripture, and it will always agree with the prophecy that He's given you. God doesn't let things happen without first telling us what it is that's going to be. God said to Noah, one of these days it's going to start raining, and I'm going to judge all these people. Well, sure enough, it took a while, but it happened. I get to thinking about Elisha sometimes. I'm not going to go on much longer. But Elisha hung out with Elijah. Because he wanted his anointing. And he followed him everywhere he went. And when it came to the end, and Elijah was standing there, Elisha says, let me have a double portion of what you've got. Think about this a minute. Surround yourself with people that are double portion people. If you can find them. 
There's a good thing about hanging out with them. Remember the day when God, Elijah kept on trying to get Elisha just to wait over here, wait over there. And he said, I'm not leaving, no. No, he said, I want your mantle. That mantle represented the double portion. And as he was taken to heaven, what happened to the mantle? It fell? And what did Elisha do with it? He picked it up, and then what did he do with it? He smote the waters, and what happened when he smote the waters? They parted. Well, how about that? He had been Elijah's right-hand man for a long time. Sometimes we get tired of waiting on the things of God. He said, just wait. And he picked up that mantle, and he smote that water, and he got the double portion. Amen? Sometimes you got to wait, but you got to follow God's instruction. Imagine Jesus telling the people now, I want you to watch the birds because I'll take care of you. John chapter 16 is the last place. John chapter 16. Look at the birds. You guys will never see birds again the same way. What's the emblem of the Holy Spirit? Verse 5. Of John chapter 16. Thank you, Olivia. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't go, the advocate, the lawyer, the Holy Spirit, the dove, if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness. Thank God for His righteousness today. He convicted me of my sin. Can anybody say that? He convicted me. The Holy Spirit will convict you of your sin. But He just doesn't leave you hanging there. Then He points you to God's righteousness. It's the righteousness of God compared to our sin when we see the debilitating things that our sin does to us. And he says, I will convict the world of a sin, but then I will send my righteousness. And we are the righteousness of God right now. Because he's made, and look what else it says. And of the coming judgment, the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available. Hallelujah. And then go down to verse 12. There's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of His own, but He will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. Noah and Elijah. Can you imagine the people coming by while He's building and He has to testify to what He's doing? Sometimes your family members don't believe like you do and they give you a hard time. And sometimes you have to say, well, I know this. I'm standing on the promises of God. Can you imagine the people coming by and saying, crazy Noah, there he is doing this over here. And at times he had to say, this is what the Lord says is going to happen. One day it's going to start raining. And when it starts raining, you're going to wish you would have helped with this boat. He'll tell you about the future. I've got one more. Isaiah chapter 40. You done looking at birds yet? 
Some of you are. That's okay. How many of you got a pet bird? Anybody got a parakeet or anything? Nobody? Isaiah chapter 40. You guys already know this. You don't even have to turn there. Verse 28, if you would, please. Have you never heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he doesn't faint, nor does he grow weary. There's no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint which could be some of us in here today. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, He increases their strength. How? By eating what He gives us to eat. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, are you waiting? Are you waiting? Are you waiting? Anybody waiting? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as what? Is that some kind of bird or what is that? Is that in the bird family? They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. And I'll put on the end of that until the promises of God come true, just as they did with Noah, just as they did with Elijah, just as they did when you had that grandma or that mom praying for you. If you're praying for your kids today, I'll tell you, you keep them close to the ark of God and he will save them. They will be saved because it's a promise of God, not only them, but your whole household. Hallelujah. This is a promise of God. Some of you are hiding by the brook Kidra today. Some of you are just building an ark and you say, God, I don't know how much longer I can keep on hammering on this thing. I'm getting tired. And he said, I'll renew your strength. Look at the birds. Look at the eagle. Eagle is a, sim- is a symbol of the power of God. And the, it's a powerful bird. It can swoop down and take a problem away in a second. And it soars and it sees from way up high. It has eyes of an eagle. It sees things that we don't see. And sometimes when we're building that ark or we're waiting by the brook, we need to mount up with wings as eagles. We need to see from God's perspective. He uses the wind and he glides just however he pleases. And it's majestic. It's like the things of God. It's majestic. You watch them and you wonder, how do they glide like that? Because they're perfectly made to do it. And they flap their wings only when they have to. Because they've learned how to trust. It's built into them. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. So today... 
I just want to encourage everybody to look at the birds. I can't wait to walk back through there again. I'm going to just say hi to her again and see what wisdom she's got for me. Look at the birds. Look at the birds. Look at the birds. Is everybody in here a Christian today? Has everybody in here given their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ? Is everybody in here trusting in God? Do you have faith? Are you willing to eat what the Lord gives you to eat? And it will sustain you. In the wilderness, they were getting manna every day, except the Sabbath. So the day before the Sabbath, they would gather and bring some extra into the storehouse so that they would have provision for that day. Again, the care of God. But then they got tired of that. They got tired of the manna. They got tired of eating that same old meal every day. Well, when the ravens come, I don't think they took Elijah's order. <laughs> this stuff just comes, you know. I don't know. Holy Spirit, I hope. The raven didn't show up with a little notepad and say, What would you like today? Is that without cheese or one of my grandsons, he says, I'm on a cheeseburger plane without cheese. So it's not really a cheeseburger. But can you imagine the ravens just kind of, what would you like today? No, he ate what God provided for him. When they were in the ark, nobody talks about the food, but they had to have food in the ark too. And I got a feeling that they probably had something that was very durable and lasted a long time and didn't spoil. God took care of that too. But the children in the wilderness got tired of eating that manna and they said, every day we go out and we got this white stuff laying over the ground and we're getting tired of waiting. We want something different here. We've been doing this for 40 years now. We'd like some meat. Now, meat sounds like a good thing, but that's not what God wanted for him right then. So he sent a bunch of quail. There was quail everywhere. And to me, that just signifies the desires of man above the desires of God. And sometimes we get that way. We want to tell God how he's supposed to feed us, what he's supposed to do. When he just says, listen, I'm providing this for you. And so he sent them quail, and they're out there getting that quail, and they're so happy. And he said, the minute they started eating, it turned sour. In other words, God said, that's not what I want for you. I want you to depend on me. And they wanted quail, and they got their fill of it real quick. And sometimes when we question God about the waiting period and about patience, we'll say, God, I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of eating this manna every day, and I want some meat. And he'll say to you, That's what I want to bring you through this trial that I got you in. And you know that manna stayed every morning until they crossed over the River Jordan. What were they waiting on? They were waiting on a promise of God. And Joshua led them across there and it said that the scripture said that you will harvest where you haven't planted and you will eat what you haven't sowed. And that manna was there every day until God completed His promise and the tribes crossed over into the promised land. 
And guess what happened once they got there? The land of plenty was open to them. And it says they went in and they did exactly what God said would happen. They would eat the harvest of what they didn't plant. And guess what happened? The manna stopped. 